Welcome to the Business Playdate, a podcast hosted by Lindsay White and Betsy Moorhead, two internet strangers turned business besties. We're two marketing professionals living across the country, raising our kiddos while running our own individual businesses. We built these businesses based on our experiences working in corporate management roles with the end goal to be able to show up for our families first. And we did it. We're so happy you're here with us. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to the Business Playdate. How's everybody doing? Hope you're doing good. We are actually recording this over Labor Day week. Uh, Lindsay, what's up? How's your week been? It's been uh, a short one. It's been a short week. I don't know about you, but I absolutely hate when we have Monday holidays. Like, f- give me all mm-hmm. the Friday holidays. Yes. Fridays, I tend to like ease back on work. It's kind of like the beginning of the weekend for me. But a Monday is like one of my most productive days. And I yes. swear when we have Mondays that are a holiday, like I'm not going to give up my time with my family to work. That's a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. So the rest of my week is absolute chaos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just trying to get it all in. Because there's like no way to treat a Tuesday like a Monday. No matter how hard you try, a Tuesday can't be a Monday. It can feel like a Monday, but it can't be as productive as a Monday coming off of a weekend. I totally get it. No, it can't. It can't. Yeah. I agree. How about you? What's going on with you? It's been a good week. We had a good Labor Day weekend. There was some interesting things that happened this week, a little bit of like preschool drama, if you will. I won't get into t- to the details of poor everybody, but I had to like dig deep within myself to fight my urge of non no confrontation whatsoever and like step up and say something to somebody this week. And that's like very, very hard for me. I am zero conflict, zero confrontation, total people pleaser, like Enneagram 2. I want everyone to love me. (laughs) (laughs) And so like drama might even be a strong word, but just like something happened this week with one of my kids' teachers. And, you know, I had to address it with her and it was like very uncomfortable, like a, like a sweaty situation, if you will. (laughs) So all is good now, but it, you know, I know we've talked about this before, but like, golly, like, Nothing makes you have to step out of your comfort zone more than being a business owner and like working with clients. And so I had to really dig deep and um, address some confrontation. Yeah, you had to work that muscle. I did. I had to do do some work with it, if you will. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But you did it. I did. I did it. Everything's good. All good. Air is clear. But that goes really good into what we were going to talk about today. We wanted to to bring you guys an episode that's just like chocked full of some tangible tips. I know at the end of every episode, we uh, bring you guys something that you can take into your week and implement into your business, into your strategy. And so today we thought it would be good to bring you guys a whole episode full of our top five ways to avoid a very controversial, uncomfortable topic, scope creep. And I know we've both experienced it. One of my least it. favorite things. Yeah. Oh, all the time. I mean, I think that you could go as far to say, like, I experience it weekly, daily. It just mm-hmm. depends. You know, someone's always pushing a boundary somewhere. Oh, the the, the lovely boundary pushing. This is like going to also be an uncomfortable episode for me. And I know, like, we've talked about this, but like, it's just like such a a thing that you have to learn how to do as a business owner, but also like to protect yourself and to protect your time and to protect why you wanted to build a business like this in the first place. So absolutely. And protect your income too. Your income. Absolutely. Time is money too. And protect your time, all of that. 
So yeah, so we wanted to walk through, this is going to be structured a little different, but wanted to walk through our top five ways to avoid and address scope creep. So you want to jump in, talk through some of that? Yeah, yeah. So I think personally, the first thing that I would do when thinking about scope creep is determine what is the root cause or your personal issue with scope creep. So that's something that might like I think you and I might have even different ideas of what scope mm-hmm. creep is and what our issues with scope creep are. Yeah. For me personally, scope creep is bothersome to me because it impacts my in- income, right? Mm-hmm. If someone is going past a package rate with me and they're wanting more out of a package that obviously time is money and they're squeezing more money out of me than they could be. But secondly, I really pride myself on providing amazing products, services, results. Like I want my deliverables to be amazing for my clients. Mm -hmm. And so when someone is pushing the scope of a project, it doesn't allow me to provide them the best results. And the reason being is all of a sudden I'm spending more time trying to learn how to do something I didn't know how to do or provide them more into a package than I was originally intending on pa- on providing them. And the due date that I plan on delivering them this thing by, it's being squished. And yeah. I no longer can deliver this exceptional piece that I was planning on providing them. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of my biggest issues with scope creep is I don't like the way it impacts my income, but I also don't like the way that it impacts the results that I'm providing. Yeah. No, I, I that makes complete sense. And I can totally see how that would be considered scope scope creep for a lot of people. When I personally think of scope creep, I consider it when somebody, and it's, mine's like a very blanket, like answer, very like, yeah. cut and dry, but like, I consider it when somebody is asking you to do something for them as their service provider that is outside of what you've initially agreed upon. So it goes in hand in hand with what you're saying, but I don't guess. I oh yeah. 100%. Right. Like when I think of scope creep, it's a very like dictionary answer to me, but I'm also like the worst when it comes to scope creep. And I will just be like, oh yeah, sure. I'll do that. I'll handle that for you. Like, and I think it's the mentality from like my corporate days of like being a manager and being a director over something and like, oh, I'll just handle it. Like it's just easier for me to get it done if I can do it myself. And so that has been like a big learning curve and like adjustment that I've personally had to make. But I, again, it's like, if somebody's asking you to do something outside of what you've agreed upon on what they're, they've agreed to pay you for, that is considered scope creep in my opinion. And I a hundred percent agree that that's what's considered scope creep. But so tell me what is, if someone's scope creeping, you know, (laughs) creeping it real. Yeah. Creeping it real. What does it do to you? Like, what is that issue that you have aside from the principle of their going outside of the right. confines that you guys had put in place? Yeah. You touch on a couple of them, but like it, it takes up more of your time because you're one taking away your energy from other clients, you know, maybe what you could be doing for them with that time or for your own business, trying to either, if you're looking for new clients, trying to market your own business, but the, I think the main thing for me is like it it opens a door and a can of worms to, oh, Betsy will just do it. Betsy will just handle it. And thankfully, like I don't have many clients who are in the scope creep world. I've had That's some in the past. such a good point though. Yeah, I've had some in the past and 
I no longer have those clients because the scope creep just became too much. And when I would address it uncomfortably for me, sweating on the other end of a phone call, (laughs) uh, it just, it wasn't a good fit. And I think that's why it's like really important to, I don't want to say vet your clients, but like have a really good understanding between the two of what you're doing. Absolutely. And I think that too, scope creep is one of those things that creates a poor relationship between you and your client. And like you said, you don't have those clients anymore for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, thinking and evaluating who you're working with as you're working with them and saying, is this becoming a repeated pattern or is this a one-time circumstance? Yeah. The resentment. Well, so that goes really good into like point number two, getting very clear and communicating with your client from the jump, what your services are, like being very clear about this, having it written down in a contract. I'm sure we all have contracts and service agreements, but, you know, being very clear from the jump, from the discovery call, the sales call, this is what we do. And this is what we don't do for you. So I don't offer social media management. I am very clear with my clients about that. I do not post organically on your social media for you. I will work with you on your strategy for how to implement social media on your own, but that is not something that I handle. And I'm very clear with my clients about that. And very rarely does that come up in conversation. I mean, ever they all pretty much know like, oh, no, I handle that. Betsy will do the advertising or we'll develop a strategy around what we should do next organically. And I definitely think – I think social media is a really good example of how scope creep can come into play. Yeah. Even if you are a social media manager for a client and you do social media posting for your clients, I mean, the constant need for creating content, getting images, doing photo shoots, and that sort of stuff can immediately stack up and create this big scope creep. Oh, absolutely. I I also don't do social media for my clients. It's not something that I really – like to participate in. And I don't think the value is there for my clients to be paying me to post on social media. But another thing too is, I mean, I know you used to do a lot of event marketing. Do you still do event marketing? Occasionally, but it's not one of my core services anymore. Occasionally. Mm -hmm. Because I think that clients that have events, they need to be doing their own social media. And when they try to outsource it, that's such a huge scope creep because it's like, oh, we have an event at 6 p.m. tonight. We're going to, you're the social media manager. We need you to come take photos of it. Not that long ago, I was putting together a proposal for um, a project that I was maybe going to be a part of with another agency. And like they were going to subcontract out some work and they needed someone to come in and handle all the marketing of of it. And I remember like boxing you and being like, oh, it has social media in here. Like, so I need to add that into the package if I'm going to be the one handling social media for them or if I'm going to be working with somebody or internally that will be doing the social media for them. So I'd be very clear in my proposal, like if you're looking for me to be the one coming to events and coming to your your office in town and being the one collecting all of the content and, you know, using my phone to do all of this and whatnot, like I, I got to put that in my pricing. I, I need that to be clearly written out in my proposal. And so, you know, I had to have a conversation with the team and say, you know, who, what, what is the expectation from the client? Cause it was, a another team that was kind of spearheading the, the bid, but, and I was just adding to the proposal for my part. And, you know, she had to go back and ask and they really couldn't give a clear answer. So my price included it. And if it wasn't going to be a clear answer, then I was going to get paid for 
you know, my services. So yeah, you just don't be afraid to ask questions. Like you have to be very clear with what your expectations are for the client and what the client's expectations are for you. And clear in that communication too. I mean, even in your email correspondence with a client before or after that proposal is accepted, like being very clear of, hey, if this is going to take more than two rounds of revisions, there's going to be a fee on top of that. Oh, yes. Or within your contract. And I know we'll, we'll go into contracts a little bit more further into our list of, of topics or <laughs> tips. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> tips. Um, <laughs> but getting really clear in how you talk with clients. One thing that I like to do is get really clear in my subject lines. So I'll say, oh. you know, version one client revisions needed or client client revision number one and you know list it all out so that I'm spelling it out for them. There is no miscommunication. It's like just look at your subject lines and you'll right. know yeah. what version we're on and how many fees this is gonna rack up per the contract that we have in place. Oh my God, we could do a whole episode around subject lines and email organization. And like, I have so many stories from my corporate days too about like email organization and subject lines, but I I digress on that topic. Another day, another day. But yeah, no, I totally agree. And getting really clear kind of goes into our third point, which is the idea of doing an intensive first. So if you're in the director of marketing program or have followed me on social media, you probably have heard me talk about this. But I feel so strongly about the intensive first offer model. And the reason being is it practically completely eliminates scope creep or at least Mm -hmm. sets a really solid foundation for that to be avoided. Yeah. And the whole premise is that, you know, I offer marketing services to my clients. I am essentially an outsourced CMO. And I always start my clients with a marketing strategy plan. And the reason is twofold. The first reason is every business needs to have a marketing strategy plan in place. It catapults them towards success. It helps us not throw spaghetti at the wall amongst a million other things. That said, the second reason I only start with marketing strategy plans with my clients is because it gives us an exact action roadmap of what is going to be included in their monthly retainer. So we build out the whole year and we're like, all right, this quarter we're focused on this specific initiative and we're breaking it into months and weeks. Mm -hmm. It never goes as far as days, but you could. And then I know exactly what work is going to be done each month, each week, each quarter. And it allows me to put together a very solid proposal full of what deliverables they're going to be receiving. I'll know from a creative standpoint what copywriters I need to pull in, what designers I need to pull in, what I'm responsible for, what kind of information I need from the client before we can even get started on certain projects. So it gives me a really good glimpse into what that package with them is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And I always, I do operate by the 80-20 rule. Like 80% of marketing is going to be proactive or it should be proactive. 20% Mm -hmm. is going to be reactive. You know, you have a client who suddenly is featured in a big newspaper situation and like, we have to capitalize on that. That's a, that's part of the 20%. But you can price your retainer packages or your package packages accordingly. Oh, pricing. I know we'll talk about that a little bit too, but that is such a good tip. I, when I first started my business, was not doing intensive firsts. Oh my gosh. Intensive first <laughs> services. Blech. It's but early. It's early. It is early. And it, and Really, it wasn't until I went through the director of marketing program and like got to know you more and that because 
I hadn't come from a like complete marketing background, right? Like I came from, I think we talked about this, like the communications world and the social media world. And then I like learned about marketing and then I was involved in marketing, but truly having a marketing strategy and building that out for your client, or what if they already have a marketing strategy, you know, like then you need to do like a whole review of it, you know, like I audit it. I need to understand what's going on here. You know, okay. You have a marketing strategy. Do you have your brand developed, you know, like a brand, not, and when I say brand, I don't mean your colors and your graphics and all of that. I mean like your brand positioning statement, like, is that a part of your marketing strategy? Have you done that before? So yeah, there's definitely ways of doing intensive first with clients who already seem well-established. I have a client that that's, that's what I did. Like my first intensive first with a client was building out a marketing strategy for them, a well-established company who was already doing really well in their marketing efforts. They didn't have strategy. And so that led into a very good monthly retainer like you're talking about. So exactly. And you were able to fully scope it out and know mm-hmm. what you were up against. So you could yeah. price it appropriately. Yeah. And you're doing that. Yeah. Doing a big marketing strategy plan so that I can appropriately price out a ongoing retainer with a client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great way to avoid it. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. Fourth point. We kind of touched on this, but raising your rates. That's always a touchy kind of uncomfortable way of avoiding scope creep, but it may may be time to raise your rates if your client is coming in constantly with things that are outside of scope. And I think that that puts into perspective too, like what you were saying when you said you had a lot of clients who were scope creeping mm-hmm. and they're no longer your clients. Mm-hmm. I feel like raising your rates is that first line of defense. Like, okay, you're going outside of the scope that we laid out. I'm providing more value than you're paying me for. Mm-hmm. And this needs to be compensated for. And I think that you can talk about that from a time perspective or just a rate perspective or a package perspective. You have to think about what your package looks like. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's business. Like I can, I know it's like a really uncomfortable conversation to have. I'm like preaching to the choir when I say this to myself. Like it is very difficult to, especially like depending on the kind of relationship you have with your clients, be like, hey, I got to raise my rates. It's time. You know, like I am doing a little bit more for you than I initially was asked to do to signed up for. So it's business. Don't think, you know, don't, don't think that anyone's going to take it personally. Cause I know I am like the queen of thinking everyone takes everything personally because I'm an Enneagram too. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think too, it's such an organic way to raise rates with a client and mm-hmm. not as out of the blue as like an annual rate raise where you're like, I'm right. forecasting my 2024 projections and I want to raise my rates by 15% by, you know, for 2024. Rather, if a client is kind of expecting a little bit more from me, it's a much easier conversation to portray why your rates are being raised. You know, I am doing X, Y, and Z. I was contracted to do X and Y. And so the rates are being raised. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, well, I'm seeing that value already. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Rather than being like, oh, hey, it's 2024 today and I'm raising rates due to inflation, which is a very valid reason. But it's a much easier non-confrontational conversation, I feel like, when you're able to portray that value. And you're a business. Like you're trying to further your business. You're trying to grow your business. You know, you're becoming more and more of an expert at what you do. So, of course, you're going to raise your rates. Everybody does it. What about like 
Oh, sorry. Keep going. Oh, you go ahead. I think we're just sorry, guys. We're, we're a little all over the place today. Uh, we have so much to say. We just can't help ourselves. I was just going to say, like, you even add it in your contract. Like, you know, if you go over what we've talked about doing, and maybe it's like an hourly package or something like that, but you're on a retainer with them, but your your retainer is for so many hours a week, and maybe this scope creep is causing you to work more hours. You know, say in your contract, if I go over that's an hourly rate of X, Y, Z from now on, you know, if I go over these and then you're constantly, like you were saying, you can have this, you know, like you can have a, a document to show them like, here's, you know, how many hours I'm actually working for you because you're asking me to do something uh, on top of what I'm already doing for you. That's what I do. I have a client where I have a job description and that's kind of what my retainer price is based off of. But I mm-hmm. have a line in my contract that says I am not working more than 10 hours a week for you as a client. And if I'm going over 10 hours a week, that's double my hourly rate. Mm -hmm. And I've never really had to track my time because it hasn't been needed and there really wasn't scope creep and I wasn't kind of going over that hourly amount. But there have been periods of time where I'm like, I'm going to have to start tracking this and charging. And I'll say that. I'll say, hey, you know, I'm noticing that my hours are kind of reaching the threshold that we have laid out in our contract. So why don't we either think about reprioritizing some of these projects to a mm-hmm. later date to fulfill you know, my hours better, or we'll have to talk about an hourly compensation. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's always the raising of the rates, the pricing, the having conversations about money. Like it's uncomfortable, but it's, it's what you got to be done. It's got to be done. Yeah. yeah it's got to be done. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of comes to point number four, which is setting stricter boundaries with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, getting out of that people. I know we're both such people pleasers. Oh, getting no. out of that people pleaser mentality. Like, I think that if I didn't, if I haven't been doing this as long as I have, I would just give away the world. Be like, I can help with that. Yes. Of course, I can help with that. Like, I would love to help you with that. And I, mm-hmm. I love helping people. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's a business. I know. I know. My husband will even be like, you're charging someone for that? Are you, uh, what are you doing there? And I'm like, no, I'm just doing it. He's like, no, 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 no. <sighs> uh, I we, know. We have to have these husbands that keep us in line when it comes to business things. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah, that's really hard. I mean, you know, I think it starts with setting the boundary with yourself, you know, it, it, sure about like the work that you're doing, but even about like the hours that you're working, I used to take phone calls and text messages. I'm I give my phone number to clients. I'm a texter, like that's just how I work. I know some people do not give their phone numbers to clients. I do. That's just for me that I works do best. My clients yeah. aren't on Boxer, you know, they email is kind of like hit or miss. We mostly all of them have kids too, so it's like we're all texting and doing things and our brains are working at random hours of the night. So, you know, I'm very clear with my clients so like my work hours for taking calls are from 9 to 3. And I try not to take any calls outside of that unless it's an emergency. But that is a boundary that I've set for myself just recently. And I guess probably for the last eight or so months. And it's been respected so well. Everyone gets it. You know, no one wants someone interrupting you during your during your family soccer practice or whatever practice, all of that. But like if my client and my clients too have been like, hey, don't feel like you have to answer me but I'm going to probably text you later this evening when I have the capacity to think about it, about some things. And I'm like, cool, I'll address it tomorrow. Um, so yeah, just like setting those boundaries being, again, goes back to like one of our first points of being, just being very clear 
uh, with yourself and concise on what your boundaries are with yourself and your business and then relaying those boundaries to your client. Definitely, definitely. And at the end of the day, you have to determine what scope creep is going to do to you, to your brain, to your overwhelm, to your stress levels, to your bottom line, and determine how to best, you know, mitigate that. Mm -hmm. But I think with a lot of these tips, we've given so many different strategies on what you can consider when talking with your clients or talking to yourself in your own mindset of pumping yourself up to do some of these things. Should we run through our five really fast as the five tangible tips? Let's run through them. Let's run through them. Number one, determine what's the root cause or issue with the scope creep in your specific situation. Two is get very clear and communicate what your services are for your client. Be very, very clear and concise about this. Use an intensive first model. Four would be raise your rates. And five would be set stricter boundaries with yourself. And just go out there and rock it. Yeah, I love it. All right. I love it. Well, what a fun episode. Be, you know, be on the lookout. We're going to be doing more of these kind of top tips, tangible episodes. But we do want to hear from you guys on things that maybe you want to have us talk about over the course yeah. of the podcast. So make sure you're following at the business playdate on Instagram. DM us, let us know what you want to hear more. And we can't wait to bring you some more great content, more great episodes. Yeah. We'll talk soon, guys. Bye.